take a breath as you enter the portal of Passages, the podcast, a container of empowerment, guidance, and inspiration to transform wounds and dark places into embodied wisdom and sacred spaces. This podcast includes readings of passages and deep dives into rites of passage with visionary leaders and others who have gone through transformative experiences that empowered and shaped them into who they are today. This is your host, Paulo Sello. I welcome you and I invite you into the space. When a woman insists, I am a survivor over and over again, once the time for its usefulness is past, the work ahead is clear. We must loosen the person's clutch on the survivor archetype. Otherwise, nothing else can grow. I liken it to a tough little plant that managed without water, sunlight, nutrients to send out a brave and ornery little leaf anyway, in spite of it all. But thriving means now that the bad times are behind to put ourselves into occasion of the lush, the nutritive, the light, and there to flourish, to thrive with bushy, shaggy, heavy blossoms and leaves. It is better to name ourselves names that challenge us to grow as free creatures. That is thriving. That is what is meant for us. Ritual is one of the ways in which humans put their lives in perspective, whether it be Purim, Advent, or drawing down the moon. Rituals call together the shades and specters in people's lives, sorts them out, puts them to rest. There is a particular image from El Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, celebrations that can be applied to help women in the transition from surviving to thriving. It is based on the rites of ofrendas, which are altars to those who have passed from this life. Ofrendas are tributes, memorials, and expressions of deepest regard for the loved ones no longer on this plane. I find it helps many women to make an ofrenda to the child they once were, rather like a testament to the heroic child. Some women choose objects, writings, clothing, toys, mementos from events and other symbols from childhood that will be portrayed. They arrange the ofrendas in their own way, tell the story that goes with it or not, and then leave it up for as long as they wish. It is the evidence of their past hardship, valor, and triumph over adversity. This way of looking at the past accomplishes several things. It gives perspective, a compassionate rendering of times past by laying out what one's experience, what we have made of it, what is admirable. It is the admiring of it rather than the being of it that releases the person. To be the child survivor beyond its time is too over-identified with an injured archetype. To realize the injury and yet memorialize it allows thriving to come forth. Thriving is what was meant for us on this earth. Thriving, not just surviving, is our birthright as women. Do not cringe and make yourself small if you are called the black sheep, the maverick, the lone wolf. Those with slow seeing say a nonconformist is a blight on society. But it has been proven over the centuries that being different means standing at the edge means one is practically guaranteed to make an original contribution, a useful and stunning contribution to her culture. When seeking guidance, don't ever listen to the tiny hearted. Be kind to them, heap them with blessings, cajole them, but do not follow their advice. 
If you have ever been called defiant, incorrigible, forward, cunning, insurgent, unruly, rebellious, you're on the right track. Wild woman is close by. Wow. I love that wild woman is close by. I felt that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's one wow. of my favorite passages. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for bringing that, for bringing that into the space and for having that being the, the opening, you know, the opening of, of this, of this beautiful conversation. It's, it's always these passages, you know, it's always these passages that, that tell so much that tells so much in between the lines and that tells so much of, of, of what it, of what is present for, for somebody or what it is that has impacted them so tremendously in their life, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and this one was, was so beautiful because there were so many pieces. There was like different pieces that really flowed together, you mm -hmm. know, of the, uh, of of the idea of the the offering right like as well as the idea of of one's um of one's uniqueness right like of one's really being able to to embrace that within ourselves and so before I go into it I know it'll it'll unfold but um I want to be able to ask you um to ask you the question as you as you've chosen this passage for yourself and it being one of your favorites um why was this the one that you chose for this specific conversation today? So yesterday was my birthday. I turned 30 yesterday. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> and I really feel like I'm not just entering a new decade, but I'm entering a new era in my life, a new way of being that is really inviting me to, to let it in. And that is letting go of things needing to be difficult and allowing myself to go beyond difficulty and really step into abundance and ease and joy. And what this passage symbolizes to me is really letting go of the idea that I am strong, I can do difficult things, which yes, are all true, and not everything needs to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's okay to live a life of ease. It doesn't mean that I am weak. Right. And for so long, I have equated difficulty and hardship with success and worthiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, th thank you for sharing that, because I know that it's it's so true for for so many people, you know, for so many women, for so many men, like across the world. Like this is something that I feel like is so what you would call universal, Right. Like it's so universal, like across across cultures, across genders, uh, across, I, you know, identifiers like it's, it's really something that is, is present for so many people. And um, what at the beginning of the passage, right, it talked about like the, the survival. And like you said, it's just like it's really getting to this point where I feel that it's you'll get to a point in which it's it's simply unsustainable right? It truly is unsustainable. I think about, um, you know, and, and you and I, you and I, right? Like we, we actually, for those of you that don't know, um, Sam and I met in, um, back in Guatemala earlier this year. 
And there was a beautiful ritual that was, um, that was being done by the, the Mayan people. And what we were invited to do was to literally cross and hop over this fire right? Like we had a cross over the fire, like I jump over the fire. <laughs> and I remember I was, I was so anxious while doing this. I was so anxious while doing this. Like my, my heart was just like beating beyond its normal rate. And, and I'm hopping in and I remember um, Nana Marina, which was, which is one of the mind guides that was, you know, that was guiding us through this process. And she said, you're, you're scared. You're doing it scared. You're doing it stressed out. Like mm -hmm. you need to like calm down and, and do that. So here I am. I'm like, I, I got it kind of hopping from, from one corner to another. And, and I feel that I, I realize this, this thing of like, there's so much, um, that I've seen, you know, that, be it quotes, be it perspectives, be it be talks that talk about do it scared, you know, do it scared. Like, and, and that to me has a, has a, has an energy of survival in it. Right. And, and although, and, and, and I want to dive into what that looks like for you and what that looked like for you in your life. Right. But to, at one point, and I feel like the reason why we continue to do it is because it works out, right? It ignites like the fire under it, but like you better fucking go. Either you go or you go, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and and so it's it's supportive in a way, at, like it is for a certain amount of time in our lives, and then it gets to the point of like, damn, like the the threshold for me here is to actually not have the need to do it in fear or to do something in order to survive, but in order to, to prosper the thriving in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what did that look like for you? You know, if you can, if you can take us to a point, to a point in your life and where you like, maybe you saw this working out, maybe you saw it working out and, and where, when did it get to the point of like, yo, like, this is not sustainable. Like I'm about to fucking start cracking down like teammater from cars, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so much, so much goodness there in what you, in what you just shared. And also this isn't the first time that I'm working through this awareness. It's almost mm. like this is just the next layer mm. of this awareness. Something that you said really stood out about yes, maybe it's important in the beginning or for a certain amount of time, right? Like the do it scared, especially when we're starting something new, right? Because if we just sit around and wait for it to feel good and joyous and expansive, that can take a long time, right? Or maybe <laughs> never, because when we're entering new territory, it's scary. And so sometimes, yes, when we start out, it's like, do it scared. But that doesn't mean you have to stay scared. And it doesn't mean that you then drop this thing to look for the next thing that's scary and the next thing that's scary, right? I think that is where the over-identification that she was talking about in the passage is like identifying with this identity, this role as a survivor, and therefore looking for situations that you can survive rather than allowing the natural cycle of like, yes, it was hard at first and now 
now there's some ease here. Can you allow this? Can you be with the ease? Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, um, I don't know. We'll see. Right. But also to what capacity? I feel like where I'm at now is I'm just expanding my capacity, my container to allow ease, to allow joy, to allow things to just flow. And so the first time this conversation even came up was after I got laid off from my corporate job. So I was the kind of going even back before going into work, I was the kind of kid that was like, I'm going to be the first in my family to graduate college. Like I have this memory of being in kindergarten and these kids like messing around. And I was like, do not involve me in this because I'm going to college and I cannot get in trouble. (laughs) Like even as early as then, like I was on a mission and I had a plan. And so I finally got to college, I graduated, I got my first job, then got another job. And I was just on this trajectory of like the quote unquote traditional success. And I was miserable. I was just so unhappy. And I didn't know why, because I had done all of the right things, right? Quote unquote, right things. And so I found myself living this life where I was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was disconnected from myself. I was disconnected from my true wants and my true beliefs because I was like, I just need to do this, right? Keep your head down, keep working. It was difficult. And so I felt like I was doing something worthy, right? And then one day I got laid off from that job. And all of a sudden, the thing that I had so closely identified with, the thing that was giving me value or so I thought because it was so difficult was no longer there. And I really had to sit with, okay, if this difficult thing is not giving you value, what is your value? What are you contributing to this world, right? What is there outside of this hustle? And it took some time. And this is where this passage came into my life. And it just gave me so many different perspectives of like, oh, I don't have to go out there chasing another difficult thing. What would it look like to now in this, in this stage of my life where I've kind of been forced into a new trajectory, which is the biggest blessing, what would it look like to allow some ease? And so rather than going back into corporate, I started freelancing. And I went through this whole thing where I felt guilty for freelancing. I felt guilty for being the only person in my family or my life that I knew at the time that woke up when I wanted, that chose the clients I wanted to work with, that could say no to certain projects, that really was living this life of like, I do this when I want and I work on this when I want. And I felt so guilty for it because I didn't know anyone that was not working for survival. Mm-hmm. So that was the first phase of that. And it's been five years since I got laid off from my corporate job. And so since then, it's kind of been peeling back the layer of that more and more, right? How much more ease can you allow? How much more flow can you allow? (laughs) How much more abundance can you allow? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's so interesting because I'm noticing, I'm noticing the, the sensations in my body, right? That, that, that arise when you're saying more ease and more and I'm like my body's like (laughs) you know it's like going through this um is is is, you know it's something that that I'm that I'm present to that I'm present to right now as well but um but to to hone in to hone in on this because I I want to I want to be able to give just a little more time into um into this 
into this story or this pattern or this belief, right? You said that it's difficult. So therefore I'm doing something worthy, like something that is worth my time or something that is worth my, my effort and my maybe even sacrifices. It's worth it because it's difficult. And, and then, and then the guilt that comes from doing something and investing your time, your energy and living your life, how you want, like without it feeling so fucking difficult, but it was difficult to do something that's not difficult. Right. And so that's kind of how it played out. But where do you feel that that's specifically rooted from? Like, was that the way that you, was there something specific that you saw or something specific that was, was set to you that had you adopt that, that narrative for you? I think it's a, in general, just just the way my family operates, the way my family was, the way I was brought up. Um, I saw my mom working two jobs minimum at a time. There was one time she was working three jobs. And so it was just the way of life. It was just, it's not even something that I questioned, you know, up until I got laid off. I just, I never questioned it. I just, this is how life is, you know, and, and I just normalized it. And I figured, the things that you want, you just have to work really hard for, you know, I saw relationships being really hard, right? Like in order to keep a marriage or keep a relationship, it's just really hard. It's really difficult. There are a lot of arguments. I normalized that. I normalized, you know, you go to work and you work really hard for the things that you want and you work 10, 12, 14 hour days. And that's just how it is. Right. And all of the other, you know, intimacy stuff, emotional stuff, relationship stuff. If there's time, we'll get to that. And so it's just something that was modeled for me. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is what, this is just what you do. And so I just didn't question it until I had the space, mm-hmm. right? Like I know I was no longer working 14 hour days. I had the space to question it. And I had the knowing of something is off here. I don't know what it is, but something is off. And I had already tried the thing of like, well, let's work harder and see if that fills the (laughs) void of something being off. And that wasn't working. It's like, let's try something new. Let's try something different. And that's when I started experimenting with what if instead of more work, we allow more space? What if instead of more hardship, we allowed a little bit more ease? And it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to go from one way of being into another, regardless of what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody's every, everybody's thresholds are different, mm-hmm. right? For some people, there's a lot of space and then there gets to be some, some action. Right. And then, but what I'm hearing a lot, um, you know, and, and, and through these conversations is this, um, is, is how, what a catalyst space is right? Like what a catalyst to have the space and to kind of step out of what, of what you've known to be the way, you know, really ignites this, this level of adventure and, and curiosity, right? And, you know, as you, as you were sharing, it's like this aspect of like, I actually didn't know any different, like it was just what was. And I was recently speaking about it with my partner about this, this idea, right? Like to earn a living, like it's so embedded into our society. It's like embedded. Like you don't mm-hmm. even think about it. earn a living, earn a living here, earn a living. And then, 
And then I feel that as, you know, as entrepreneurs, as people who really like take the, like really go into life and say, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to do something different. Right. And, and then you're, for example, what it looked like for you, then you're, and you know, you're an end up, you're a freelancer. I was going to say independent contractor, uh, but you're a freelancer and you are working what you want. You are able to, you're giving yourself the permission to choose like what it is that you're going to work on and all this stuff. And then, and then you're living, you're living. And was so in there, was there like an aspect of you? It was like, okay, well, how can I earn this? Yes. And I would say the first, the, the thing that really had me go from just being a freelancer to then starting my own business. The, the, so first there's a space, right? And then there's the introspection and the questioning. And the thing that really was a catalyst for me in questioning and creating, you know, a new perspective was coaching. So I was introduced to my first coach ever two two years I think after being laid off and it was just mind-blowing to me it was (laughs) mind-blowing that she wasn't just someone that was going to sit there and like shit talk life with me right like she wasn't just gonna reinforce my limiting beliefs but she was allowing me to question those and really bring, bring to the forefront what do you want not what you don't want what do you want And that was a really difficult question for me to answer. What do you want? Because I was so identified with the hardship, the struggle. I knew what I didn't want, even though I kept creating it, but I wasn't very clear on what I did want. And it was scary for me to even declare, this is what I want. This is, this is what I know is available to me and I know is possible to me. So for looking at like earning, what's interesting is when I, when I care about something, it's almost like I know it's, I know it's possible. I know that I don't, I know that I don't have to earn it, but because I don't have to earn it, it removes a sense of control in a way. And because I don't have that control, I'm afraid that it can be taken away. Does that make sense? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you, can you go a little, a little deeper into that just for, you know, Let's give this some time. Let's give this some time. Yeah. So here's what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. If I, from my logical brain, have an idea Mm -hmm. and I know this is step one, step two, step three, step four, it makes me feel like I'm in control. I know exactly what this is going to look like, right? This is my plan from like kindergarten to college to getting my job. (laughs) I knew exactly what it was going to look like. Yeah, tunnel vision since kindergarten. (laughs) Literally. Right. Like I know these are all the steps. This is my plan and I am in control. And so there's a sense of safety within that control. Although the the capacity for expansion is limited because because I am limiting it. Right. I'm like, this is this is what I see. This is what is going to happen. And that's it. No room for any external stuff or any changes. Now, on the flip side of that, living a life that is led with intuition instead of just logic, it's like, okay, I can see the first step, but I have no idea where all of this is going. I have no, if I picture my life next year, I have no idea where it's going because I know that it is bigger than I can even fathom in this moment. And that is scary. 
I don't know what the full plan is. I don't know where this is going to evolve into. I can see step one. I know where I'm being called to next, but I don't know where it's all going. And because I can't fathom it in that way, because I can't package it or neatly create a plan for it, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I got chills. I felt that. Oh, snap. Where are we going? You know, and there's um before I before I ask you a few questions on there, there's like you said, right, there's this, there's almost this limitation that we create when we when we plan so so thoroughly and and it's not to and it's not to say don't plan and it's not to say that intentions and and declarations to to move forward towards something or not like not it's it's not to say throw all that shit out the window it's 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 really about what it sounds like from what you from what you shared is like really allowing for the intuition to be present that says, hey, I know you got a plan and I know you have an idea and it might not look like that, okay? But it's going to be bigger than what you envision. And there's this, there's this beautiful thing that happened one time and I remember I was having this conversation and this woman was like, well, on this path, I know what's gonna happen on this path, I don't. And then I was like, "Mm, no, you really don't know anyway. Right. (laughs) Right? It's just, it's such a like, I'm like, do you know what the next word that's going to come out of my mouth is? You know, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen in 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. But it's a false sense of security. Yeah. Which was my whole plan, right? Like with going into corporate and all of that, it was a false sense of security. I was giving my power to these people, assuming they know what they're doing. They know how to run a business, right? Like they know how to, they they got it. All I have to worry about is this one thing. And it feels good to be able to give your power away in that way, assuming that someone else has got it, right? It did for me. And now as a business owner, I'm like, oh, they did not have it. They did not know, (laughs) right? Like they did not have it. And in the beginning, it felt scary to rely on myself in that way, Mm. right? To like, quote unquote, earn the living on my own. But now I'm like, who else, who else would I rely on, right? Like it's me, I've got me. And even though I don't know where all of this is going, working for someone else, they don't really know either. You know, they want us to think that they know exactly because it, you know, creates that sense of safety. But if we're really being honest, none of us know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, two, there's two points here that I want to dive in with you. And the, um, so I'll put, a, I'll put a bookmark on, on one. And you talked about your intuition, right? So I want to I wanna dive into that in, in your, your journey with your, with your intuition. You know, I feel like this is something that is is a continuous a continuous um journey that evolves right Mm -hmm. the the nudges that we get and whether we listen to them or not like do they get louder do they not you know and and it looks differently for everybody the way in which they develop Mm -hmm. um their intuition and for me it was like a big big 
big passage, big like moment in my life where my intuition was like, yo, I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so, um, but what did it look like for you? Was there like a specific, like pivotal moment in your life that allowed you to, to be in this trusting and, and intimate relationship with your intuition? Yes. Um, I keep going back to this being laid off because it really was the kind of fork in the road for me. And it wasn't one moment per se, although that was the catalyst. It's, it's been an ongoing journey. And I continue to see different ways my intuition speaks to me and tries to communicate with me. It's an ongoing thing. I don't think it's like a one and done thing, right? Um, but the first time I remember laying on my couch after being laid off and being like, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I allow myself to be here? to get to this place. And it really started the questioning of like, you knew the whole time that you didn't want to be there. And so how did you, why did you keep like really questioning myself and all of that questioning allowed the space for me to start almost testing out like, okay, how is this voice different than this voice? Why am I being drawn to this versus this? And that created clarity around how does my intuition speak to me versus how does fear speak to me? How does judgment speak to me? How does my inner critic speak to me? And so just almost testing it out, right? Like playing with it, seeing seeing what's there allowed me to be like, oh, okay, so this is the intuitive thing versus this is the fear thing. This is the ego thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a, you know, there's, there's this poem, there's this little poem that, that I wrote. It's very brief. So I'll, so I'll share it. So I'll share it because it, it, it really ties, it really ties this in and ushers us into the next question that I have. Um, and it's this, it's poem that goes, how many questions do I have to ask before you give me an answer? My mind in agony asked, however many questions it takes, for you to simply listen to me said the loving heart and and it's this it's this really beautiful because i wrote that because i was the mind in agony <laughs> i was like show me tell me and you know all these things and 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 feeling into the distinction of of the agony of of judgment the agony mm-hmm. of fear the agony of um of the ego, right? It's like, you know, some, some will say, and, and then there's the heart and then there's the intuition. Mm-hmm. That's like, look, I love you. Okay. Yeah. And even the way your voice just shifted now, as you're, you know, kind of giving voice to the intuition, it's like, it's so much more grounded. There's so much compassion, right? It, there's not this like, Oh, this like anxiety or this like right now or this, you know, just this heaviness that comes with other parts of us sometimes, you know, the intuition, the heart space is like, it's all good, right? Like they're all options. Fine. Go ahead. Do the other thing if you must. But, you know, this is this is the thing you actually want to do. Yeah. And, and then there's this how how this, you know, really ties ties it all in is it's 
it, it brings it brings it back to choosing to to suffer or to be in survival and listening to those voices and and then maybe taking a look at the intuition and be like nah like you're too chill like you feel too it's too easy uh, that's it it's it's it would be too easy right like I gone through so many like years of like I will heal like I will do whatever I need to do I'll go through the rites of passages I will fast I will sit with myself I will isolate myself but don't ask me to run into my own arms right because God knows that's hard Mm -hmm. you know and like coming into that coming into that realization and and how you said it right like that's how I want to you know um, bring it in with you again of how this feeling that you that you expressed of what do you mean like rely on myself like me I get to be the person that actually like shows me how things feel good to me, like in a business or like in relationships, like however it is that it showed up for you. So um, let's dive a little bit into that of like you running into your own arms ultimately. Yes. As you said, rely on myself. I had this like immediate reaction to it. So when I started doing this work, I thought, of myself as myself, right? Just me, just this body, basically. And I thought I was giving up security, plans, control, logic, and that if I didn't have those things, then I had nothing. And it was just me. And so, of course, I felt fear. And like, what am I supposed to do without these handy dandy tools that have been working all this time? And what I realized is I've got me isn't just me. Self isn't just this body, right? It's my spirit. It's my essence. It's the divine. It's my ancestors, right? So I gave, I gave up just using the one tool of logic and I opened up and created space for all of these other support systems to come in. Yeah, it really does open up the, the space of, of one's I know. And for me, it's like super like normal talk. But for those of you that this might, you know, this might sound a little out there, maybe not. But to really get to tap into one's like infinite, infinite beingness, right? Because we we're not just a body. We're not just a body. We're not just, you know, this like matter that we are like we are we're a spirit, like we are a spirit. And that spirit is a fragment of you know, spirit consciousness. And so it really does expand our ability to, to receive support, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's not like you so like beautifully shared. It's, it's not just in the logic. It's not just in the, you know, one plus one equals two, right? Mm-hmm. It's like one is a, I won't even go too much into this because <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> without without going too deep I think one way to think of it is if it's just you then you're the one that has to be on guard all of the time Mm -hmm. and of course you're in survival right like you can't truly rest and relax and be in flow and be in ease if you are the only one keeping guard versus knowing that you are infinitely supported and infinitely protected there's there's just this ease even just knowing that believing it 
having that in your subconscious that you're like, okay, then it's okay for me to rest because I don't have to do all of it all of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's, I feel that that nature is such a beautiful, such a beautiful representation of that, right? Like thinking of a tree or thinking of, you know, I, I look back, I look back to, I believe it was 2018 where there was so many fires happening in California and, you know, the mountains are burning, like they're burning. They are, it's just such a huge level of destruction, right? And it allows itself to do that. It gives itself permission to do that. There is this unspoken trust uh, in that that is so true in the cycle of life that I'm going to burn, but you know what? It's going to rain. And, And I know that with the support of, you know, every single element and the nature of life, which is that everything will like is to come into balance, right? Then then it's fine. You know, I'm going to burn. And now like those mountains are like incredibly green, right. And, and even more, and even more resilient. And so it wasn't trying to survive is what I'm trying to get to. The earth wasn't trying to survive. Mm, Yes. Because, because it knows that there is an inherent indefinite birth and rebirth and death. And, and, and that doesn't take to account human beings and the destruction that we have on the earth right that's a whole other conversation yeah (laughs) but on its own on its own it's like I'm good this is just part of the process this is just peeling back the layers and looking at bringing it back to hardship right bringing it back to surviving it's like oh this is just something that is allowing me to get to my next level rather than I am this hardship this this and just so closely relating to it right Mm -hmm. yeah and what do you feel what do you feel has been has been something that has allowed you to to be in that ease and to be in that surrendered trust that you are that you are right innately so like supported and and guided Mm -hmm. you know on every single breath and step that you take like what could you give us a, a moment in time in which mm-hmm. you were like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to surrender to this ease. I'm going to declare that I don't need to suffer in order to live a beautiful life mm-hmm. and what that looked like for you. Yeah. An ongoing process still. Yeah. <laughs> um, but two, two things come to mind as far as like actual things that I've done. The first is prayer prayer has been huge for me prayer and meditation and then the second thing is listening again distinguishing between the voice of intuition versus you hear the dog in the background she's like yes girl (laughs) um intuition versus fear and she's just gonna keep going (laughs) um Sorry about that. Okay. So the voice of intuition versus fear and doing the things that the intuition is asking of. So for example, my partner and I, we moved to Bali for two months 
just, it made absolutely no sense, no sense. But I just had this calling, this like yearning of this place is calling you. This place is calling you. And after months of doing that, he was having the same calling and we shared it with each other one day and we were like, all right, let's do it. And so we booked a flight, we left our apartment and we went to Bali for two months. And so just listening, listening, right? And also gathering evidence for why this thing that makes no logical sense is actually working for you and gathering all of the evidence of like, oh, okay, this is a time I did this and look how it worked out. This is another time I did it and this is how it worked out. Even though the evidence is really logical, it's kind of putting the mind at ease, right? It's showing the mind, no, look, when we do this, it all works out, which creates more space and more permission for more and more of that. Yeah, it's like creating um, creating a new de- like database. Yes, right. yes, because we've lived so long doing things a certain way. We have so much evidence for that. Right. So it's like, okay, we have so much evidence for why this works because it does work being in survival and like being in hustle and grinding, it works. Right. So it's not that it doesn't work. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. So it's acknowledging, yes, it works. We have all of this evidence. It's allowing yourself to see, yes, it works, but what are the consequences of this? And being really honest about the consequences of that behavior, because normally we're just looking at why it works, the benefits of it. And then creating a new database, creating evidence for, okay, but why does intuition also work, right? What are the times that my intuition led me astray? Zero, right? Zero times. <laughs> Zero. And like really being clear <laughs> and collecting the evidence and like seeing it almost on paper, right? Like seeing it, no, this, this works. So that when the logical mind tries to say, no, let's go back to the old thing we were doing. You're like, no, but I got this evidence here. You know, I feel, I feel safe here. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that really allows for the, the fear or whatever aspect of herself is, is having those doubts to, to come to a level of safety, right? Like when, like to really be able to bring that, like you said of like, Hey, <laughs> to, to bring that into like, into awareness, I love how you said it. It's just like, when has my intuition ever like not like zero times, zero times, zero times. It just like, it shows up like, you know, again and again. And I, I, I remember this, this time where I, where actually I went to India and my God, like everybody, my, my dad, my, everybody was like, you're going to get kidnapped. Like you're going to go, you're going by yourself. Like you're going to get kidnapped. Like, I'm like, this is not taken if, and even if it was, I am trained, you know, like I've been trained for this. (laughs) I've played it like in my head many times, but anyways, I get there and the driver that was supposed to pick me up didn't show up. And so I'm here in in a foreign country where I don't speak the language and I'm trying to find a driver to take me to where I am, to somewhere that is seven hours away. And I'm, I know that's how I feel. I cannot even imagine. Yeah. And so I'm Mm -hmm. standing there and I'm like, all right, well, I'm starting to freak out. Like I'm starting to feel it in my body and 
there was just so many drivers like, you know, like, I'll take you, I'll take you. Hey, hey, hey. And I was, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then there was this one driver that was kind of like chilling by his taxi, like, hey, you know, I'll take you or not, you know? And so that for me felt like, okay, like, let me go to him. And I, I, I told him, I was like, I need to trust. I need to trust. I'm scared. I need to trust. Like to be able to just voice that, you know what I mean? I took a picture of the license plate. I asked him to show me his wallet, like all the things, but we're driving. And he tells me I need to switch cars. And he starts going off. I had, I put it on my map to be able to see where we were going. He starts going off different route. I asked him why he's like, I need to change car. And I was like, all right, this is, that's it. Like this is happening. I'm getting kidnapped. Like all of these thoughts are going through my head. And then suddenly my intuition literally comes in. This is after I'm like, had literally like just pulled out hairs like off my head and dropped it on the car. I was like, they gonna know I was here. Like I am leaving my DNA up in this car, you know? And, and my intuition comes in and she says, I didn't lead you here to die. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God. Okay. So what happened? So clearly I'm alive, right? Well, yeah, (laughs) I didn't die. So it really didn't do me wrong. I didn't die. And um, so it turns out he switched cars into a, like a Ford runner that would actually be able to make it, you know, like to the hills, like that are Mm -hmm. to the Himalayan hills. Mm -hmm. And so he takes me all the way he even stops to get me some chai you know like we get all the way to the point he like walks me all the way to the entrance with my luggage and all this stuff and I'm like oh my god this whole time I was like this man is going to kill me and and there were things in which that were coming up that could have had me be fully in the experience like what if I like flipped out on him and he was just like forget you like I'm gonna just leave you over here who knows right but to have that my intuition come in and say hey I didn't lead you here to die Mm -hmm. everything is okay like you're safe like Mm -hmm. that really did support me and like chilling out you know, for, for just for, for a little bit. And literally after that, everything began to shift and it was being, there was one of the most transformative experiences of my life, you know, and to, you know, to bring it to, to really bring it back here on this, this intuition, right. Cause I feel like the, the beginning this passage, right. With survival, the the saying no more mm-hmm. no more like there, mm-hmm. there's got to be another way like how you so beautifully shared it was that um there was a part of you that literally was like there's like there's got to be something else like there's got to be something different 
mm-hmm. right? To to then going into the space of um, asking yourself those questions of like, yo, you knew you didn't want this, but you but you did it, you know. And so allowing yourself to go through this um, to this beautiful journey of of reflection, of curiosity, of adventure, seeing how actually like living and and getting to choose what you did and feeling good was was a challenge right and the um, you working like you then going into the space of working with the coach and and then going through this like wait hold up you're not just gonna like talk smack with me mm-hmm. <laughs> you gonna have me look at the stuff to to then like getting you to this point and, and many points. And like, I love that every, I, I love that for so many of these, you're like ongoing, ongoing, you know, because it's, because it is, it's like, there's so many different layers and, and in which we get to deepen mm-hmm. into. Right. And um, getting to this point in which you're relying on yourself in which you are trusting your intuition, in which you are deepening your prayer. Like that's such a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Um, that I feel like doesn't get, doesn't get talked about enough, you know, and the space in which you are in now, right? Like we, we get to, for, for those of you that are listening and or watching the video, you know, you can see that, every single thing plays a part, every single thing plays a part in our life. And even in the moments where maybe we don't listen to our intuition, right? I raise your hand if you've ever not listened to your intuition. (laughs) So many times, so many times. (laughs) Right. And then now raise your hand if you've ever not listened to your intuition, but chose to learn listen the next time and it got you to a beautiful place mm-hmm. yeah right yeah and it may not have gotten you to the place where you thought you should be mm-hmm. but it's always a beautiful place and to the point that I was making earlier it's always beyond our capacity to imagine right beyond the mind's capacity to imagine how can this lead to this I don't get it right is the thought of the mind but following the breadcrumbs that intuition so graciously and compassionately leaves for us, it's like, oh, it all works out. It all unfolds. It all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's such, it's such a, it's such a subtle, it's such a subtle thing in life. I feel like, and which brings us, you know, which brings us back into um, how easy and simple it can all be, you know, mm-hmm. and the, um, as it ties into the passage, I feel like is this, this, that the, the more that we allow ourselves to, to receive and to be in that ease, mm-hmm. right. It's, that is how we get to be of, um, such a beautiful and, and potent offering, mm-hmm. right? Yes. For, for ourselves, like an offering to ourselves, you know, to the world, to our, to our ancestors. You know, I think that 
um, you know, I can, I can speak for myself and I think you can resonate with that. And, and, and for those of you that resonate with it, but I, I feel that as, as women in general and, or, you know, and then you put in like women of color as well, like you put it in there to say, to, to declare that. And it's, and it's such a multi-layered work to really get to stand and say, I'm, I'm choosing to no longer suffer right? Pain is inevitable, Mm -hmm. but I'm declaring to no longer allow for suffering to be the fuel to my life. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, that breaks so many generations. Mm -hmm. And it takes bravery and courage, right? Because the things that we've suffered through are legitimate things, right? Like anyone would be like, yes, you have a that's that's a hard thing that you did that's a hard thing your mom had to do that's a hard thing your grandmother had to do and so we're holding all of this and it's legitimate right it's like we we feel validated in that suffering but what if we let go of it right and it's scary because like well what if I what if I let go of it then what do I have and it's it's scary because it's what I was saying earlier about letting go of the tools right felt like I had nothing but actually I was creating space for everything else to come through everything else that I couldn't hear or see, or I wasn't following because I was so busy focusing on this one path. One of the things that I really, that I think really has shifted my trajectory is shifting my definition of success. Mm -hmm. Before my definition of success was rooted in you go to this school and you get this job and you make this amount of money, you have this apartment and like all of the external things. And now my definition of success is about how I feel internally. The external things always come, right? But how I feel internally is first and foremost, whether I know I'm being successful based on my own definition of it. Mm, I love that. I love that. It really does bring this, um, this fullness and this vitality, right? Like to our lives when we're like internally well. And that's why it's like from the inside out, like the internal, the internal evolution is what like, you know, truly like revolutionizes everything outside of ourselves. And, you know, as, as it got to the end of the passage, there was the wild woman is near. Now, let's, let's give a few moments as we, you know, as we, as we reach, you know, as we reach, um, the full circle here is what, what inside of you or what aspects of yourself or what wholeness of yourself, like really resonates with this aspect of being a wild woman? Yes. Um, that's a beautiful question. I think wild woman kind of encompasses everything we've been talking about as far as intuition, the things that cannot be measured, the things that cannot be controlled, the things that cannot be very neatly put into a plan. And like, this is the ROI and this is the right. Like it's very intangible, which is so different than how I've been brought up and in the kind of the culture I was indoctrinated in where the things that were valued were the things that were tangible. And so to me, wild woman is a symbol of this trust of this surrender of this divine knowing of there is a plan, even if you can't see the full thing, 
it's just trust the process. Trust that even though that person may not understand it, you can't measure it in this way. You can't even fully explain the like depth of it in this way, that it's still all working for you. And that there's just like this expansion and this magic that is available within you. Mm. Wow. I'm taking that and I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, to like, does it really affirm, affirm that within ourselves? Because those, those are the things, right? Like those are the things that, um, to be able to not only hear this, not only like listen to this, but to really allow it to travel within your body, this deep knowing and allow it to activate their remembrance, mm-hmm. you know, within ourselves, it, it's such, um, it's such a beautiful thing because then you can, you can remember this and you can come back to this as an anchor. When, as you, as you stand Mm -hmm. before a, you know, right before the step into the next level of, of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so beautiful because you share that like today, this is literally like, like you said, yesterday was your 30th birthday. So today, like you're literally in that I'm imagining, right. You can tell like, no, I, I took the steps like, you know, but it's literally standing in this, like, it's, it's so raw right now. Like the, the stepping into the next, um, Mm -hmm. the next phase, the next space in, in your life and, and having all of this, you know, all of this life experience, all of these like lessons learned, like wisdom gained, like you didn't just download it. Like you've been installing, you know, and, and upgrading like into the, you know, your body, your temple, Mm -hmm. your mind. And, and so it gets you to this point. And the visual I'm getting is that I was, as we've been walking through this portal, now we're, we got to the to the end of it and we realize we're like standing at the top of a mountain and right ahead is literally like infinite possibilities and so before I ask you the final question I am I'm curious and if you're if you're open to 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 flowing with this with me but what would you say right now in your heart is present for you to be your declaration as you step into a whole new decade? The word that comes up is surrender. Mm-hmm. Surrender and I want to say devotion, although it doesn't feel exactly right. I think surrender is really, yeah. is really what's present. You know, I've been through this process before and now it's a whole entire, the next layer of that process, right? It's in it. I am, it feels like step one all over again, because there is so much ahead of me that I just don't know what's there. I know it's something beautiful. I know it's something that is going to feel really good, but I have no idea what that is. Wow. And so surrendering to the process, surrendering to the unfolding. I I have chills. I have chills, you know, because it's, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to, to feel and to see your embodiment of that surrender already. Right. Like it's not, it's not that there is no fear. It's that it's not what is, 
is not what has the upper hand or the biggest power uh-huh. now, right? Because uh-huh. you build up a level of of trust and connection to your intuition, and you got you got the backup, you got the data to back up, you know, yeah. um, to back up that trust. And so, as we walk through, as we walked here, and you, you know, really the declaring like that that after all of that, you you have the ability to openly, boldly, and courageously declare surrender, you know, for your life. And that's, that's such a beautiful thing. And, and so it brings me to the question of who are you today? I am Sam Cartagena. Today, I am a human. I am learning. I am a teacher. I am a coach. I work with women who've been on a similar journey than I've been. The journey of letting go of the things that are externally validated and externally valued, letting go of needing to hustle and prove their worth, and really seeing the magic of their intuition, tapping back into it because they've never lost it. I never lost it. We've never lost it. It's always been there. Right. So really allowing ourselves to tap back into it and be in the surrender, be in the flow of life so that we can experience not just the things that come from this material world, but the magic that comes from the things that can't be measured, can't be bottled, can't be boxed in. Beautiful. There you have it, everybody. It's Sam Cartagena that got to be with us today. And, and also she just came out with a beautiful, incredible deck, which is called Intuition Incubator. Yes, and on so- brand. So it makes so much sense, right? So you already know she's been she's been asking some questions to really deepen, um, to really get to deepen this um, this connection and this trust with your with your intuition. And so um, that is something that is available that you created um, for people to get to tap into as well. And so if you're resonating with this and you're like, whoa, like I'm trying to get to that point where I can just be like, I surrender, you know, um, <laughs> this is something that you can um, that you can bring with you as a tool because it's it's ultimately um I'm talking about it like I'm like, the, <laughs> like you're the ambassador for the intuition incubator deck. yeah but it's it. it's it's just so it's just so amazing because every single one you know it's you know the questions are to to bring you into your own wisdom into your own um into your own realizations into your own reflections and I think that's such a beautiful thing because that is how you get to trust your intuition Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, clearly, I highly, highly suggest y'all look into that yourself. And, um, you know, that'll be he- down here on the on the page right underneath this video. You'll see more information on Sam as well as a link so you can go and, and check out this deck as well and other ways to get to connect with her. Yes. Um, also, the, the passage that I read was from Women Who Run With the Wolves, which is my favorite book. Ever. Oh, yes, that's right. Women mm-hmm. who were, we like went right into it. Yeah. Um, women Who Run With the Wolves. And that's that's so beautiful. And, and to 
to have you and to and to share this and and to get to walk through this with you and in the ways in which you've you've lived and it's it's so beautiful to witness that um even though I'm sure like there were moments that were like super challenging and for you to keep the spirit of it's it's gonna work out alive for you it's and to witness Mm -hmm. it now it's it's so beautiful and and so refreshing and and I know that that like will only translate like just so far like you know in for everyone that is listening and um yourself in your life too so I'm excited we're gonna have, yes. have Sam come in about six months she's gonna be like listen <laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be stories on stories well I'll share I'll share it then oh beautiful well thank you so much Sam for thank you for, for having me yeah and to the listeners and the viewers thank you so much for for being here for tuning in and I will see you on the next passage. Much love. Take a deep breath as you exit the portal of Passages, the podcast. May these readings of passages and deep dives into rites of passage continue to empower you in every single breath and every single step that you take. From this moment until the next passage, may your path forever be blessed.